0: Alright, so here we go. Um, Before we get into this next week of Set Free, uh, James brought it up. Um, Today's a big day for a church that we love and that we have been part of their launch. And so I'm wearing a Rocket City Church shirt today because right now, while we are doing our thing here, they're in that first day, just like James said. And I thought, you know what? We've been a part of this from the beginning, and can we just start today by just praying for them that I believe in Madison, Alabama, that God's going to use that church to change lives. Can we pray for them together as they're worshiping? God, this morning, thank you that we get to be part of a life-giving church in Madison. God, I pray for Brian. I pray for Shannon this morning. I pray, God, as they are just giving themselves away for you, that lives would be changed because of their efforts. And so, God, we just bless them today, and we ask for your blessing on everything that they're doing. In your name we pray. Amen. All right, so there is a saying that every one of us has heard. There's a saying that we not only heard as a kid, but maybe we even said it. And this saying is a lie, all right? And we knew it was a lie, even while we were saying it, but we said it anyway. This saying was simply, Sticks and stones may break my bones, but what? Words will never hurt me. We've heard this as a kid. We've heard this over and over as a kid. Now, Now, at the beginning of this series, I said every week I wanted to share a testimony of what this idea of freedom really has done in other people's lives. And so this morning, as we are going to walk into this concept of words, I want you to hear a testimony from Keevan and how freedom has been experienced in regards to words. So watch this.
1: Growing up um, in my childhood, there wasn't a lot of words of encouragement. Um, it was a lot of yelling, a lot of screaming, a lot of negativity. And honestly, it wasn't till high school where I started hearing words of life and words um, that I was valued, that I was loved, that I mattered. I remember I had a teacher, a mentor that kind of assumed that role and literally quoted like, as a dad, I'm proud of you. And like, that was the first words that I remember impacting me from an adult. This was the first person outside of my family to speak. Like They were proud of me, it was affirming, it was loving, and it was genuine. For me, it was a lot of beating what was inside of my head, especially with the enemy speaking that I was all alone or I didn't have any friends or that nobody was in my corner. Um, As soon as that thought hits, I have to remind myself um, and kind of go through the people that I know. First off, Jesus is for me. Um, It's very evident throughout all of scripture. Um, and speaking that to myself and reminding myself of what the Bible says, referring to that, but also the people that I have in my corner. Um, and a lot of times that may be even reaching out to them and just having a conversation with them um, and just reaffirming that thought in my mind. I think definitely throughout my life and in the shift where I, where the, the power of words was revealed to me, I think it's definitely an awareness for me in my daily life, and I think you have to be with yourself and know that sometimes you may slip up and say something out of the flesh or out of anger but i think what holds even more power than the words that you, the negative words that you speak in that moment is recognizing and apologizing in that moment to that person i um, just owning up that you messed up um, because i think throughout my life if someone would have done that like hey i said that to you and i'm i'm very sorry it it would have changed a lot of things for me
0: Sticks and stones. I break my bones, but words can never hurt me. You know, when people are saying that, it's a defense mechanism, right? You know, when we're saying this, it's this pride and this instinctive, protective nature that we have because we don't want to admit that anything you could possibly say could affect me. But like I said earlier, it is a lie. We know it's a lie, but we try to trick ourselves. But Proverbs 18 verse 21 says this, The tongue has the power of life and death. The tongue has the power of life and death. So the words we speak have the power to do two things. What Scripture tells us has the power to bring life or to bring death. The words we speak have the power to bring life or to bring death. Or or another way to say this, if we're in context of this set free series, is the words we say. Or our words can bring freedom or they can bring bondage to those who experience them. And I know you understand this. Every one of us has lived under the scenario of both of those experiences. I I don't have to ask you long before you're like, yeah, I remember back. I remember back. I remember when words shaped my thinking. No one is exempt from this topic. You have memories of someone in your life who affirmed you. And them affirming you left like an imprint on your mind. What they did was, is in their affirmation, they brought freedom to live in who you are because they thought you were good enough. That's what words do. But you know there's the other side of this, right? On one side, that's what words can do. Other words can do something on the other side. Even if it happened long ago, you can still remember words that somebody said, and they stick inside of you. They weren't words that brought life. They weren't words that brought freedom. They were words that brought like a, a, a chains of bondage into your life, and for some reason, you can't forget them. It may not be on your mind every day, but they planted a seed. And they plant a seed of doubt that brought death to parts of your soul. I think that's what Proverbs, the writer, is getting at. The tongue can bring life or it can bring death. Words can bring death or life depending on what has been said. Now, my most memorable moment of this happened in elementary school. And I can't remember if I told you this. And so if I told you this story before, just forgive me. But it's one that I think about often is my experience on both sides. And it was in third grade and it was in fourth grade. See, in third grade, I had a Miss Brown, okay? And I don't know the story of Miss Brown's life. But all I know is Miss Brown and young Scott didn't have a great experience. See, Ms. Brown, she yelled a lot. See, Ms. Brown spoke down a lot. M- Ms. Brown wasn't patient, and if you didn't meet the expectations that she had, you knew it. I really struggled in this environment. I didn't feel smart enough, and I often froze under this treatment. My mom even went, and she shared her concerns, but Miss Brown's response was simply, He's going to have to get used to it. He's going to have to adapt. Well, young Scott did not adapt. My only memory of that year is of a woman who brought more death than life to my young soul. More bondage than freedom to my life. I remember it. Then there was fourth grade. or, Or in Canada, we call it grade four. It was grade four. And, and I remember, well, I remember my mom years later telling me she was praying for a certain teacher. She was praying for Mrs. Armstrong. I didn't know Miss Armstrong. But Miss Armstrong, I guess, had a reputation. She had a reputation of bringing the best out of students. She, she had a reputation of, of kind of bringing life to students, probably students like Scott. Probably students like Scott who didn't live in the confidence he could because of the experiences only a year before. And can I tell you, I don't remember grade four what I learned. I got nothing. I can't point to a lesson plan, but I can point to a woman. I can point to a woman who brought freedom to a young boy who was created on purpose for a purpose in life brought freedom to a boy who was living in bondage only because of his experiences just one year before this. Because words matter. Our tongue has the power to bring life or death. And I hate this happens. But don't we all have this experience in our life? I think it's incredible that after 30 plus years, I can still point back to an experience I had. Isn't this the story of our lives? But now hear me on this. We often talk about this idea of baggage when it comes to words. Baggage from childhood that we bring into adulthood, right? But I want to talk to you this morning, maybe as adults, and what happens to us as adults, Not as young Scott and your young version of yourself, but adult Scott and your adult version of yourself. Because as adults, we need to own that words are still impacting us today. We need to own that we act like as adults that sticks and stones is still a true statement. But it's a lie to us still today. And words still matter no matter your age. And so I'll be vulnerable with you again this morning. I'll share a story that's not from my young Scott days, but I'll share it from my older Scott days. Because see, my experiences haven't just been as a kid, they've been as an adult, of words that have been brought to me. It was only four years ago. It was only four years ago, and it was right after many of you in this room voted me into this position as the lead pastor. And I was in my office because a man scheduled a meeting with me. And the essence of this meeting was this. Scott, you don't have what it takes to do this job. Okay. I didn't have it as a leader. I didn't have it as a speaker. He wasn't bought in. Okay. Like, let me tell you first, everybody's allowed their opinions. Like, I got opinions, you got opinions, we all got opinions, right? I knew coming into this role that not everyone would like me or want to follow my leadership. That's just part of life. Some would leave the church, and it's just going to happen. And I have to be okay, even though it hurts every single time, I'll be honest. But I have to be okay with it. But to hear someone speak so bluntly, so aggressively, how can that not affect a person? I tell you that story because you have your stories, don't you? Don't you have your adult stories? Put the kids' stories to the side. What about your adult self? A boss speaks to you that you're not good enough. A spouse speaks to you that you're not enough. A friend speaks words that cuts deeply. We as adults still have experiences that have potential to bring life and death to us. We all have them. As I share my stories, I'm pretty sure you may have your own stories that run through your head. And so if we all have them, the question is, then what do we do about it? How do we walk through this? How do we live in the freedom that Jesus came to give when we're on the other side of words that are trying to bring bondage? How do I, what do I do tomorrow with the words that I'm going to hear today? What do I do and what did I do in the middle of that conversation with that man? And I say, what do I do? Because I need us to understand something. We actually do have a choice in how we respond. And sometimes I think we forget we have a choice. We sometimes just embrace and say, this is life. But we actually have a choice. What words I'll listen to and what words I won't listen to, we have a choice. Depending on what I turn my ear to will determine how much freedom I live in. We have a choice every day, how we walk through this. Because there are words spoken all around us. There are words from people. There are words from our supernatural enemy. We have words to ourselves. Words are spoken every single day. We can't avoid words, but can I remind you, not only are words spoken by those sources, we also have words that are spoken by God. They're all around us. I look in the beginning of, Genesis 1, the first chapter, we see at the beginning that God uses words to speak, because God has always spoken, and in verse 3, in verse 6, in verse 9, in verse 14, in verse 20, in verse 24, in verse 26, in verse 28, in verse 29, three words are said. Those three words are, and God said. See, from the beginning, God is speaking into our world. He's speaking into us. From the beginning, God is speaking life. You know what was on the end of, and God said it was something created. It was life. And if you remember last week, famous verse that we have to remember, John 10, where the, it says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus says, I have come to give life. This is what God spoke from the be- very beginning is life. And He's still speaking that today. But back again, we have to choose. We have to choose what words will allow it to carry the most influence in our lives ones that bring life or ones that bring death, ones that bring freedom, ones that bring bondage. We have to choose. You have your stories. Maybe even me speaking about this morning kind of tears the band-aid away just a little because you wanted to cover it up, but you know it's still there. What do we do and how do we choose what words we're going to listen to? I think this is why Jesus says to his early followers, he gives them a, an ask for them. He gives them direction, and it's a simple direction. He says in John 10, verse 27, he says, My sheep, listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. My sheep, I speak to them, they know my voice. Because I know them, and they follow me. I think this is the key to this as we think about the words that maybe have brought destruction into our life, how do we walk through this? I think the key is right here. We can't avoid words. We can't avoid words that are looking to bring death into our lives, but we can choose to reject the the wrong and unhealthy words that are trying to come at us. I think Jesus is trying to tell his followers in this moment, hey, this is not going to be easy, but I'm going to give you a simple direction. You're like those sheep, and you're in the hills with the shepherd, and they, as you spend time with that shepherd, you'll learn that shepherd's voice. And after hours you spend with that shepherd, and they know his voice, when danger comes, you'll know the voice. When insecurity comes, you'll know the voice. When something's trying to lure you away, you'll know his voice. So Jesus is trying to tell his people, we got to be in a relationship. we got to be in a relationship. In order to follow my voice, the voice that matters, the voice that speaks life into versus destruction, that brings freedom, not bondage, you got to know my voice. And the more and more you're with me, the easier it's going to be the more and more you are with me, the more you'll know when I'm speaking versus some other voice. The more and more you're with me. So I think Jesus makes things really simple for his people. He's like, we've got to go back to these basics. We've got to be the sheep and the shepherd. It's not hard. It just takes time. It's not hard. It just takes discipline. It's not hard. you just got to be able to or be willing to spend time. you got to spend time... In order to hear the shepherd's voice, you gotta spend time in the basics of prayer. How do you expect to know my voice if you don't ever communicate with each other? We gotta have the basics of worship. How, how do you know what I sound like in this relationship? We don't wanna spend time worshiping. We've got to go back to the basics of of reading Scripture, not just even a verse a day. Maybe that's where we begin, but, but spending time actually sitting, meditating, listening, just waiting to hear my voice. How do you expect to know my words versus the rest of the words if we don't spend time together? See, when we live in a relationship with Jesus, He's telling us, He's like, you'll know my voice. You can't expect clarity without putting in the time. See, one of the things I hear uh, just in my seat often is like, I don't know when God is speaking or God isn't speaking. I haven't heard. And I'm like, well, how much time have we spent with? We want to hear the shepherd, but we never spend time with the shepherd. We want to know with clarity what God has to say to us, but we don't spend time with. Because this is, I think, the promise. Is when we spend time with, we will learn the voice we need to listen to. And when we learn the voice we need to listen to, this is what we can do, is we, get, we can then put the words to the test. We can test them. See, when we, we learn the voice of God, we can test the words to see if they come from God, come from the enemy, come from me. We can test them. We can't avoid... The words, there's words all around us. But when we have an an understanding of the voice of God, we can test the words. And so this is what I do. I'm just going to kind of give you my kind of, this is how I go through testing the words, As I kind of have four questions. How do I know if this is from God? How do I know if this is from the enemy? How do I know if this is just me? Here's the four questions that I say or that I ask. Do they agree with the truth of Scripture? Do the words align with the heart of God? Do they build up versus tear down? Do they help me become who God created me to be? See, we've all experienced words. Right? You've experienced words. But which words are you allowing yourself to hold on to and to continue in your mind? Because listen to me, today's message actually is going to be kind of a two-part message. And I kind of want to have a moment right here with you that you just kind of own the words you've experienced. Own the potential damage that you have experienced. And my question with where you sit today, whether it's online or in this room, how have the words you've experienced in your life, how they shaped you? Is there any chance someone in here today is still hurting because of words that are spoken? Is there any chance someone is still bitter because of the words that have been spoken? Is there any chance anyone is insecure still because of the words that have been spoken? Is there anger still? Are they still running through your mind nonstop? See, one part of this Set Free series, I'm speaking, and then in February when we do that group, is we have to deal with the death and bondage the enemy wants to keep us in because of the words that have hurt you. Jesus has come to set us free from those experiences. Jesus has come to set us free from those lies. Jesus has come that we live in the words he speaks to us and no other words. Words like, You are mine. Words like I came for you, words like I died for you, words like I love you, words like you are enough. These are the words that are spoken into us from God. So before we go any further today, can we pause for a moment? moment? Because maybe we need to take a moment and just pray right here before I keep going, because maybe for some of you, God wants you to deal with some of the experiences you've had, not later, but in this moment. I was talking to a buddy of mine recently, and he had gone through an experience in life through a relationship and just torn apart through words. And he said, Scott, sometimes I don't know what to do. I just grab my Bible and I try to pray. But the words that hurt me still are very real. And I just asked God to do something in my life. And we were talking about it. I'm like, you're being so real with me now. And I appreciate it. Because he said, over time, God begins to do a healing. But it doesn't happen overnight. But here's the thing I got from him is he went to, when he was in his lowest moments, he went to the person that could bring a healing. And maybe God wants to start that in you this morning. Maybe he wants to bring a healing. Maybe he wants to push you to forgive that somebody because when you forgive, maybe that's where the healing starts. Or maybe this morning, as I pray for you, the prayer is, God, give me me a wisdom to hear the words that only come from you. Give me wisdom to hear your voice alone. So this is what I want to do. This is, I, don't, I rarely do this, but this can going to be a two-part message. Can we just have a moment to pause right here? Will you just bow your heads for a second? I've had words spoken to me. You've had words spoken to you. And I have a question. Are you still holding on to those? Has somebody spoken death into you and stolen the life that God wants to bring? Are any chance that you are in bondage in this moment and Jesus in this moment says, I want to set you free from the words because they were lies. And I want you to start hearing my voice. And maybe in this moment, your prayer is, God, heal me from that. God, help me to forgive in that because maybe that will allow me to release it. God, help me to only hear your voice. Can I pray for you real quick? Heavenly Father, deep, Lasting healing can happen in a moment or can start with a conversation like this and you begin to work. Either way, God, I pray you would allow us to own the facts that we're hurt. The people have hurt us. You came to give life, but by people's words, it brought death. And God, as I was preparing this week, it became really real if this wrestling match is going on whether we want to admit it publicly or not and God I just believe your Holy Spirit speaks life into us when we open our ears I think your Holy Spirit brings a healing to our lives when we're willing to open up and God so for the anger the bitterness the shame the guilt the, just the weight of the words of other people will you do some setting free today. God, that I believe you sent Jesus to set us free in him so we can live free with him. And so God, will you do a work? Will you start something today in us? It's your name we pray, amen. Okay, so for some, that conversation needs to continue. You and God this week. But I want to have a moment to shut that part of it down and say there's two parts, because if the first part of the message is about words that have been spoken to you and the damage that's been done, the second part is more of a challenge. The second part is going to ask you to own something today. That you and I have been hurt by the words of others. But maybe there's another side that says we have hurt others by the words we have spoken. That we've been on the receiving end of words, but we've also been the deliverer of words that have cut other people. And maybe today, God wants to wrestle down some of those habits in our lives and say, you got to change the way you talk. James 3 says, we all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits into our mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or, or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder, wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue's a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among your parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body and sets the whole course of one's life on fire and itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no one, I mean, sorry, but no human can tame the tongue water. How serious do you think God is about how we speak to others? How serious do you think God is about how we speak to others? How often do we stop and think about the words we've spoken today? How often have we stopped and thought about what we posted today online? How often have we held ourselves accountable for everything that comes out of our mouth? How serious do you take the words of James Of the damage that can be done through our words. It's not the only time James talks about this. What about James chapter 1 verse 26. Those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves and their religion is worthless. I don't know what I need to say to grab our attention. Are the words of Scripture enough to grab our attention? That our words can bring life or death to others? That our words can bring freedom or bondage to those who experience them? Is sharing Scripture enough? Well, I've got one more, and it's the scariest one of all. It's the scariest one of all. I think I've shared it before, but if this doesn't grab you, i got nothing else, all right? Matthew 12. But I tell you that everyone will have a, to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word that's spoken. For by your words you'll be acquitted, and by your words you'll be condemned. And I was thinking today, do I just open the altars right now and let everybody run down? No, you're at home right now, and I just turn the couch into an altar. Like it just, this, this, When I hear that verse, I'm like, whoa. Are you kidding me? Like, that's strong. There's some convicting words in those three portions of Scripture, and I think words matter to God, and I thought about why do they matter so much, and here's three reasons I think it matters to God, if you want to remember these. The first one is because what we say is a reflection of Him to others. Why does He care about words? Because what you say is a reflection of Him. If you're a follower of Jesus, then what you say may be how people see Jesus. That Our words can paint a picture of him to others. And the question I've had to ask myself, and I'm going to put it on you, is what kind of picture are you painting of Jesus? Because what we say can bring a reflection of him to others. The second thing was uh, what we say either reinforces God's desires for his creation or fights against it either reinforces what God wants to do in and through his creation or goes against it. My encouragement is we never go against what God is trying to do. See, if our words are pushing back against the freedom that God is trying to bring to his people, then I think God's going to hold us accountable for those words. If our words can bring life and death, and He's always trying to bring us life, if He's trying to take us out of bondage into freedom, but our words to each other are doing damage to each other, do you not think God cares about that? I think He does. We have a choice. Are we going to reinforce what He's trying to do in the people He loves, or are we going to fight against it by how we speak? And then the third one, I think, is what we can say... What we say can bring just as much damage to you as it does others. This one may surprise you. But I'm going to tell you today, God loves you and he's concerned about you. And I think when we get in the habit of speaking negatively, it has an effect on us. You know, you hear the words that come out of your mouth as well as the other person. And you may not realize that when you speak these negativities, you're hearing them yourselves, and it's making an impact on your lives. Our words can destroy ourselves and others at the same time. Our words can destroy two people that God loves. And the problem is, I think we underestimate that when we speak something, we can never get those words back. Simple thing I want you to remember next time you speak is just this toothpaste, yeah? You know what I'm gonna do with it, right? Here's our words. What is the potential of me getting that toothpaste back in this toothpaste jar? Tub. This tube. What's the chances? Like this is not happening. It's a mess. Simple. You speak. You make a mess. you can't get it back. I want you to think about it this way. See, every time we speak, it either brings life or death, freedom or bondage. We can't get the words back. And my question is, what words have you been using? Is there any change that needs to happen in your life, your life? Are there changes how you speak, how you post, how you interact with people? Is there anyone you need to go and ask forgiveness from because you may have brought death? You know what it feels like to be on the other side. Yet maybe you've been part of doing that to someone else and we need to decide today. God, I need healing in my life because what have I experienced? But God... If I've been part of that, help me be a healing for other people. Because I always think that God works in a repentant heart. Through a repentant heart. And maybe this morning it's like, okay, the first part is, God, words have really hurt me and I need you to bring healing to my life. And, And the only one that can bring healing is you. But God, the other side of this is, I've got my stories where I've done some damage. And my encouragement would be is not just to sit on this side and only look at yourself, but you look at you on the other side and say, where do I need to make amends and how do I need to make, be part of the healing process for other people. So two parts. Two messages in one. It's a Bogo day, all right? I want this conversation to happen with you this week between you and God. Where's a healing need to happen? Where's forgiveness need to happen? Where You need to start learning the shepherd's voice. But then as God brings conviction to you, will we change how we speak, how we post, how we act, how we interact with other people? Because God is always trying to bring freedom to his people. He's always trying to bring life to his people. And are we helping that? Or are we fighting against what God has for us. Can we pray? Heavenly Father, you sent Jesus to set us free, but there's something as simple as words that can fight back against that freedom and bring bondage to our life. And I know there's people who are watching, and I know there's people in this room right now who who maybe feel like they can't deal with it right now because it's so painful, but God, will you speak life into them today? That maybe the healing won't happen overnight, but the healing process can start right now in you, and we can be freed from our past. But, God, will you also bring freedom in how we engage with each other? Set us free from our negativity. Set us free from our constant critiquing of others. Set us free from our words that bring bondage to other people. Set us free from our bad habits ourselves. They're not only destroying others, but they're destroying ourselves. God, here's what I know. Our only hope to experience freedom is found in the shepherd. Our only hope is found in you. So God, my ask today would be you just do what you want to do with your people that you love. Help us to hear your voice. Help us to hear your voice above every other voice every day. It's your name we pray. Amen.